When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Trumpcast is brought to you by Texture, the mobile app that gives you full access to more than 150 of the world's most popular magazines anytime using your phone or tablet. You can read Vogue, People, Esquire, Time, and hundreds more from back issues to the issue currently on the newsstand. Right now, try Texture for free at texture.com slash Trumpcast. And one more thing. For the past six months, I've been working on a new podcast with the writer Malcolm Gladwell. It's called Revisionist History, and it's about all the things that people have gotten wrong in the past. There's an episode about an Elvis Costello song. There's another one about how Wilt Chamberlain shoots free throws. It's an amazing new show, and you can hear a preview and subscribe on iTunes or anywhere else you get podcasts. It launches on June 16th. But if you want a real preview, Malcolm and I are going to do what we call a live read, a performance of the show at the 92nd Street Y in New York City on Tuesday, June 7th. That's tomorrow night at 7.30 at the 92Y. You can get tickets. There's still some available at 92Y.org. The following podcast contains explicit language. Are you ready to make America great again? Bernie Sanders doesn't get it. Hillary Clinton doesn't get it. Barack Obama, he really don't get it. The next time we see him, we might have to kill him. Donald Trump has a lot of work to do telling us what he's going to do specifically. I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And the reason is because I have a lot of faith in the American people. Welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man so rich he plumb forgot to write a check for a million dollars to the veterans, Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Today, a Trumpcast doubleheader. First, does the name Edward Ivari mean anything to you? 
Edward Ivari, a.k.a. Mohammed Ali Ivari. Mohammed Ali Ivari, a.k.a. the guy who does $60,000 hair restoration treatments. Who is this international man of tonsorial mystery? And what is his relationship to that absolutely beautiful head of hair? My first guest today has been investigating Mr. Ivari, and she thinks she's cracked the mysterious case of the Donald's do. And after we solve that mystery, I'll have the second part of today's show, an interview with Trump biographer Michael D'Antonio. But first, let's do the tweets. Bad performance by crooked Hillary Clinton. Reading poorly from the teleprompter, she doesn't even look presidential. I don't watch or do at Morning Joe anymore. Small audience, low ratings. I hear Micah has gone wild with hate. Joe is Joe. They lost their way. In Crooked Hillary's teleprompter speech yesterday, she made up things that I said or believe, but has no basis in fact. Not honest. Many of the thugs that attacked the peaceful Trump supporters in San Jose were illegals. They burned the American flag and laughed at police. The Clinton News Network, sometimes referred to as at CNN, is getting more and more biased. They act so indignant. Hear them behind closed doors. Today's episode of Trumpcast is brought to you by Texture. When it comes to magazines, you know what you like, and Texture can get you all the magazines you want in one super convenient place. The Texture app lets you tap into the world's most popular magazines anytime, anywhere, using your smartphone or tablet. You can breeze through hundreds of your favorite magazines, including back issues, and you can pick the articles that interest you the most. Texture makes it easy to find articles that you care about. So I don't just get to read New York Magazine and Bloomberg Businessweek and Successful Farming. Look, that's on there too. The Texture team recommends content for me every day. Plus, I can dive deeper in with personalized collections. Sign up for Texture right now and gain insider access to all the content from the world's best publications. And here's the best part. Texture is offering my listeners a free trial right now when you go to texture.com slash trumpcast. You'll gain immediate access to all of the top magazines, including back issues and bonus video content. Start binge reading right now for free when you go to texture.com slash trumpcast. That's texture.com slash trumpcast. My guest today is Ashley Feinberg of Gawker. Uh, Ashley, thanks for coming to the studio. Welcome to Trumpcast. Thanks for having me. So you wrote this amazing story about Donald Trump's hair. And I just want you to explain everything about it. First, why is it so shameful for men in particular to acknowledge doing something to their hair? I mean, with Ronald Reagan, everyone knew he dyed his hair. 70-year-old men don't have jet black hair. Mm -hmm. But he would never admit it. And I actually met this guy a few months ago who claimed his father was Reagan's barber and said he went to the grave without telling anybody anything. Yeah, I mean, well, it shouldn't be shameful. That's the thing is I think if Trump actually came out and just – 
was fine with it and said, yes, I've gotten whatever process he's gotten, then people would sort of have like a big heyday about it. And then they would get over it pretty fast just because if he owns it, then there's nothing really mysterious about it anymore. There's a way in which his hair is, is like external to him. Like mm-hmm. it's this uh, Trump is a germaphobe and hates being touched, but he kind of lets people touch his hair, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's well, like a thing. And all the hours of video I watched of Trump discussing his hair and having people do what they will with it, he only lets them touch sort of the front part. And he always holds his hands over his hairline when he does it. So it's very odd that in the dozen or so times he's had people like come up on stage and be like, hey, like pull my hair. Like, look, it's real. It's always he makes them do it in the exact same way. Okay, it's time to talk about this micro cylinder treatment that you write about. And there's this dude, Edward Avari. Mm -hmm. Who is Edward Avari? And what is his micro cylinder treatment? Uh, Well, Edward Avari is one of his names. He was born Mohammed Avari. And at some point, he changed his name to Edward. And supposedly, he has other aliases that were mentioned in a lawsuit that was against him. So he's an international man of mystery with several aliases. Something like that, yeah. Supposedly, he's had a lot of different businesses over the years, but uh, his hair business started in the late 80s. And supposedly, he patented this, uh, he called it a microcylinder treatment. It's actually really similar to like sort of a lot of things that exist right now, but he said his was the only of its kind, and it's exorbitantly expensive, and he has all these patents on it, and he started hammering that hard in advertisements. How much does it cost? Well, so the only knowledge we have of price is in the various lawsuits that have been filed against him. So in one of the lawsuits, it costs a woman's husband $40,000 and uh, $3,000 every six to eight weeks for treatments, for like uh, upkeep treatments. Oh, this maintenance, mm-hmm. cleaning, yeah. shampooing. It's yeah. tightening the microcylinders is what it, they call it. So is this like hair plugs? This is like a, tra- they tra- a hair transplant, right? Uh, No. So it's non-surgical. That's his whole thing is that it's not invasive, non-surgical. What they do, according to the lawsuits and the patents that I've been able to gather is they take uh, what they call virgin hair, which I assume means like hair that's never been used in a hair piece before. Hair, yes. Yeah. And uh, they attach it to your actual hair using strings and wires and micro cylinders is what they call it, which is just like tiny little metal tubes, but like super small, supposedly. So they kind of create this web using your real hair and this fake hair and combine it all together to make it seem like your hair is fuller and longer and thicker. But as your hair grows out, this sort of woven labyrinth of fake hair and metal (laughs) and strings grows out too. So you have to get tightened every once in a while. But then does it stay there? I mean, his hair is still tied on. Do you think he's still getting the the monthly uh, maintenance? Uh, I think he is not anymore just because um, from what I have been able to gather – Avari no longer has an office or any sort of business in New York. And he's like on the lam. Where is he gone? As far as I've been able to tell, he is living in France right now, which is also where the last Avari location is. And he's gone because people are suing him, trying to kill him. He owes money. What's the deal? Well, I think towards the end of his and Donald Trump's business together, he was actually, it's mentioned in one of the lawsuits, he was in a Saudi Arabian prison for a year. For what? That's a great question. I have <laughs> not been able to figure that out. You haven't been able to pull those court records? Uh, yeah, Saudi Arabia is not very uh, free with their documents. So what puts Donald Trump and Edward Ivari in the same room? How do you know they even had any contact? So we got this anonymous tip that this is what Donald Trump used. You went to the service. And sort of as we're digging into it, we found that Edward Avari's New York location was on the 25th floor of, of Trump Tower. And as we looked into it a little more, we saw that Donald Trump's office is on the 25th floor of Trump Tower. 
And then we also found that Avari's clients were also, he had at least one other client that was sort of like the New York, like wealthy elite, which was Jocelyn Wildenstein's uh, husband for a while. There's a family that does well with cosmetic surgery. Yeah, they have big fans. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you definitely would have been aware of his existence. And by 2006, at least. And uh, no one could get onto the 25th floor of Trump Tower. Right. This is not like where the Starbucks and the Barnes and Noble are. Like you can, yeah. uh, this is the inner sanctum. Yeah. No, no one's just like randomly wandering up there. Like you're there for a reason. And there's no reason that there would be a business there that wasn't sort of directly connected to Donald Trump. But this guy, Avari, sounds like a scam artist. I mean, to be honest, mm-hmm. he sounds a little like Donald Trump with Trump University. He's getting people to pay him $60,000 to tie their own hair back on with strength. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a reason he's not no longer business in the United States, at least. And the thing is, Donald Trump talks a big game. He's also highly influenced by equally confident people. And Edward Avari seems like an equally confident person. The other thing that was sort of amazing about your story, I mean, Avari is not just a shady character. He would get people in his in his hair chair and ask them for loans, like of a lot of money. And he's kind of like holding your scalp hostage, right? He starts mm-hmm. he starts weaving your hair. And if you won't lend him like hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's really hard to get your follow-up appointment. Yeah, I mean, that was the incredible part was sort of when we were digging into this, we found these lawsuits. There was one guy, his name was uh, Dennis Graff. And when he was getting the treatment, Avari sort of in the middle of having this thing wired onto his head, told him that he was in debt hundreds of thousands of dollars and he needed a loan at whatever interest rate. And the guy said, no, obviously, because why would you give your hairdresser hundreds of thousands of dollars? So he was like, that's fine, but I have to go suddenly. I Something came <laughs> up. And uh, yeah, and then he couldn't. Mr. Trump's calling. Yeah. And then he couldn't fix it for like a month li- until a month later. And that happened maybe like three or four times with ever-increasing amounts of money he was asking for. What does Donald Trump say he does to his own hair to get that look? Uh, he loves hairspray. He is – there was a rumor for a while that uh, Donald Trump actually saved this horde of Aquanet from the 80s because they were going to stop uh, using the same sort of cans with CFCs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but he does like to talk about how much hairspray he uses. So he's not just a climate change denier. He's personally destroying the ozone layer by using 80s hairspray. Right, right. And he is, I mean, he talks a lot about how, um, I mean, I think part of the reason he hates climate change is because they don't let him use the hairspray he wants. He hammers on that a lot. I mean, he is deeply, deeply upset that people are trying to take away his uh, special aerosol cans. Ashley, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks. It was great. And now for my next guest, Trump biographer Michael D'Antonio. His new book is called The Truth About Trump, and it's just out in paperback. Michael, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks very much. I'm really uh, happy to be with you. So, Michael, I'm sick to death of this guy after doing a podcast about him for a couple of months. How did you deal with spending a couple of years just absorbed in him and his story? I mean, it must have been just, like, revolting. It's hard work to write about someone you don't really admire. And it's it's a hard thing to grapple with when you're trying to be fair. And the book is pretty scrupulously fair because Donald benefits from our desire to be decent. You know, this is a funny thing. He's not decent to other people. He's cruel and mean. But when he calls out reporters for being unfair, when he says the media is really dishonest, it's a way of throwing you back and making you feel, okay, I'm going to prove that I'm fair by giving him his due. 
And I was vulnerable to that, too. Right. You overcompensated. So yeah, the manipulation yeah. still, has a, still has an impact. And I overcompensated. And I think my publisher did as well. But even with that, there are so many awful things that he's done. You know, Trump University, the latest example, was something that was fairly well known. And I got to some people who had been victimized by it. It's a terrible example of him taking advantage of people who are vulnerable and you know, the weird thing about Donald is he will try to crush you if you're his equal and you're competing with him, or he'll try to crush you if he's the 500-pound gorilla and you're an ant. It doesn't matter whether it's a fair fight or not. He just wants to win and take everything off the table. I wanted to ask you a little more detail about the Trump University scandal and lawsuit. Was this different from other scams of his? I mean, this is a guy who's given his name to vitamin supplements and, you know, kind of every scam on the market, he'll have some version of it. But the idea of training people in – it was just real estate, right? That's the only thing you could theoretically learn at Trump University is how, <laughs> how to sell real estate, right? Right. It was about as much a university as Kitty College as a college. You know, this was all about – using other people's money to get rich in real estate. They had this really sophisticated process for identifying who was vulnerable to their pitch, you know, somebody who was struggling uh, but yet still had some credit, and then persuading them to take out new credit cards and then devote the max of the credit card limit to Trump. And so the idea of taking people for this much money and exploiting them so thoroughly and then asking them as they go out the door to evaluate in front of the salespeople the value of the pitch. And they're gazing down at you while you give them a score. And then Trump presents that as evidence that somehow this is a worthy thing. It's just so callous and so cruel that it goes far beyond, I think, anything he's ever done. It's a fascinating episode because Trump is sort of this apex predator in the real estate world who's who's offering to teach other people how to be predators, but in fact, they're his prey. Right. And so Trump says, come along, little fishies, and I'll teach you how to be sharks too. But he's the shark, and he's not going to be anything but the shark, and he's going to devour them in the end. And there's a shame that attaches to the people who are victimized. How many people want to go around and say, well, yeah, I was trying to find a way to get rich quick. That's how stupid I was, yeah. Right, right. I'm the stupid guy who got victimized by Donald Trump. And everybody would say, well, it's obvious you don't do that. You know, so you keep your mouth shut. So there are a whole bunch of lawsuits coming out of this. There, there are civil suits, and then the, the New York Attorney General filed the suit. What's the state of the litigation around Trump University that had Trump attacking this judge in San Diego in the most vile terms? Well, the two big federal claims, which have been certified as class actions, and that's a dangerous thing for Donald because it means that the people are suing together and that the weight of the verdict against him could be much greater than if it were an individual. They were consolidated in San Diego. Um, for a while, it looked like the trial was going to start about now. It's been delayed till November, but the discovery period is just about over. The depositions and affidavits that people filed are on the record, and the, the judge decided to start releasing it all. And, and this is why Donald 
just went ballistic over it. He's the victim of this guy who's a Mexican judge. He has to say Mexican uh, when he was born in Indiana. And it's all very unfair. He did this with Attorney General Schneiderman in New York State. He talked about how he was not only the victim of Schneiderman's unfair aggression against him, but that there was a plot that began with President Obama. Trump actually went on Fox News and said, well, they met the day before this all came out. So clearly, there's a conspiracy against me. It's crazy stuff, but this is how he reacts to any any attempt to bring him into accountability or oppose him in any way. Talk a little more about the specifics of the suit. How many victims are there in this class certified under the class action? What's Trump's potential liability? And, you know, what could happen with this suit if he loses in, in November? I guess if he wins, it's it's likely to be delayed, right? Right. So there are thousands of people who could be in these classes. I don't think that the full class has yet to be certified. I know there were up to 10,000 people registered with Trump University. And in New York State, that claim involved 5,000 people. So we're, we're talking about a substantial number. Trump's take from so-called tuition was $40 million. So is he going to have to give these poor saps their money back? And then some. You know, it's quite likely that there would be damages attached to this, and it could be up to triple damages. So you go from someone investing thirty-five grand and then taking away more than 100000 if the lawsuit succeeds. So then that would be the case of Trump University actually doing something good for you. You'd make a profit on your lawsuit. <laughs> so the other thing you go into, Michael, that I have never quite wrapped my head around is is this fiasco with the golf course he tried to build in Scotland. Can you just explain that story to people who may not have paid close attention to it while it was happening? Well, the thing that I think about that is that he he's done his Houdini trick with real estate in America in so many different ways and been found out so many different times that he's run out of options for a lot of it. But he can take the circus overseas. And he went to Scotland and engaged with the politicians there, many of whom thought that they were really smart guys. You know, uh, Alex Salmond was, was then the first minister of Scotland, and he was known as the tough guy, the kind of the, the Donald Trump figure of Scottish politics and actually persuaded them to let him build a huge golf course development on a site of special scientific interest, it was called, an SSSI. So it was environmentally sensitive land, and people opposed it, mainly for that reason? Oh, mainly for that reason, but also if you go to visit this spot, you can only play golf there maybe a third of the year because it's so cold and dark the rest of the year. The area is oversaturated with golf courses. Golf courses are going bankrupt nearby. They're not in short supply in Scotland, as I understand it. (laughs) Right. So he also wanted to force small landholders off their land and tried to use eminent domain to do it. One of the real great ironies of this is one of the guys that he tried to force off his land described himself as a crofter. And this has real resonance in Scotland. Crofts are sort of small farms 
based on tenant-farmer relationships that existed with lords in the past. And there's an Irish affection for the crofters, many of whom were victimized in the 19th century by rich people who forced them into villages. Trump's own family was treated this way by a landholder that forced them into poverty. Donald doesn't seem to even know this. So he goes into Scotland, pushes these people around. The locals in the, in the community eventually you know, allow him to do this because he's promised $1.5 billion in development, housing, resorts, a hotel, convention space. None of that is built. He built one, built one golf course. It's quite pretty. It's a very nice golf course. And then he leaves. So they've given him everything he wants. They've changed the zoning status of the land so its value has increased exponentially, and he's given them nothing in return. So the golf course is there, but he, but everyone in the in the area in Scotland feels that he he didn't come through on his commitments. Oh, he betrayed them, and even the Chamber of Commerce people who were all for it in the past are all against it now. And Trump, his name you know, provokes cursing across the country. If it pisses off Trump, I'm really delighted. <laughs> Trump out! Trump out! Trump out! We will never be friends. Never. Ever. Can't stand the man. In fact, he's not a man, he's a baby. You know, he now, I guess, plans to go to England soon, and I would expect uh, protests against him to exceed what we've seen in the U.S. so far. Michael D'Antonio's new biography is The Truth About Trump. Michael, thanks for joining me on the show. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Henry Bolofsky is a founding member of the Hair Club for Men. His hairline's really not that bad. Jason DeLeon is a graduate of the Trump Barber College. Their slogan is, we take a little bit off the top. Okay, maybe a lot off the top. Steve Lichtai faces no follicular challenges. His rich, lush mane is the envy of Andy Bowers. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. After litigation is disposed of and the case is won, I have instructed my execs to open Trump U. So much interest in it. I will be president.